1: Commercial free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of Sirius XM outside the car for free. Just go to slash busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's seriousxm.com busted. Offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
2: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord, of the House of Hardcore. Tommy Dreamer and I talk about the greatest SummerSlam moments and matches of all time. We give our top five list. We talk to the nation. We talk all about SummerSlam. And also, we get into a great conversation with the universal heartthrob himself, Austin Idol, and somebody who's going to be a part of our party. That's right, 2 to 4 Eastern time on Sunday. Make sure you go to SiriusXM.com summerslam The one and only RJ City. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. We're talking SummerSlam. We're getting ready for SummerSlam coming up on Sunday. That's right. One of the biggest pay-per-views, part of the big four of the WWE on Sunday, SummerSlam. But we're celebrating from two to four with the Busted Open Nation. Register now. Go to SiriusXM.com slash SummerSlam. Be a part register, get your questions in interact with myself and Tommy and Mark and bully. Cause we are going to have a party. There's going to be some drinking who knows what else I might throw up. I might vomit. That might be a busted open, uh, record. How many times uh, somebody can vomit since there's over a thousand people right now, we could have a thousand people vomit during the party.
3: I think we're going to have 3000 people.
2: 3,000 vomit or just 3,000 people in a uh, general 3,000 people in okay.
3: the, in the, that's my uh that's my goal 3,000 so busted right. open nation just sign up we got 3,000 we're all gonna party
2: we'll have some fun my I'll goal go is 10,000 I want 10,000 people to be a part of the party. I want an arena full of people when there's no arena to fill how many uh can zoom hold I don't know uh for I heard for our party is ten thousand. Now obviously we we can't see everybody. We can't see a thousand people, but we're gonna have chat windows, you know, they're gonna be able to see us, we'll be able to interact with them. So we can hold up to ten thousand. So I'd love to fill it. Ten thousand.
3: Just just think of the bandwidth alone to hold me, Bully, and Mark together. Wow, that's a lot of bandwidth.
2: Oof. That is a lot Band-up. of bandwidth. But speaking of SummerSlam, it's not just about what's going to take place on Sunday, Tommy. It's the history of SummerSlam. And SummerSlam has a very, very rich history when it comes to the WWE, WWF. You know, the first ever SummerSlam starting in 1988 at Madison Square Garden. Like I said earlier, I went to the second ever SummerSlam in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Brendan Byrne Arena. Most people say maybe the greatest SummerSlam ever was the fifth in 1992 at Wembley arena. Like there is a lot of history, a lot of great moments and a lot of great matches when it comes to SummerSlam, Tommy.
3: Hell yeah. And you think about uh, Mark Henry debuted 1992 uh, SummerSlam, correct?
2: It wasn't his first appearance, but like he did get, uh, he let's just say there's a lot of interaction with Mark Henry at that first uh, at that SummerSlam. That he appeared.
3: I yes. read. I read. That's where he debuted. I thought that's where he debuted. Uh,
2: you mean? Well, I'm trying. It's because confi- I, I remember like they. You first saw him on a Raw in in in, the, in attendance, and then there was interaction with Jerry Lawler. But I don't think his first match took place on SummerSlam. I will have to go back and look. I thought it was a little bit later, like his first official match.
3: Or we could just ask him when uh, he. You're on the show tomorrow. I'm sure he'll call in and uh, correct me.
2: Yeah, if you're if you're listening right now, Mark, the date of your first official match, I think it was after. I think I'm looking it up right now. I think it was after, SummerSlam. I know he had you know because he had the whole, he's like with you. He had he had drama with Jerry to King Lawler just like you did.
3: He had drama with yeah. Jerry to King Lawler. Oh, wait. Yeah. 96, not 92. Wow. I'm a little slow today.
2: Well, no, I didn't even, I didn't even hear you say 92. That's completely off. 92 was in Wembley. It's, you know, I don't even think, you know, Mark was still lifting weights at that point.
3: Oh yeah, he was. How come, uh, well, I know I saw that somewhere anyway. And he probably tweeted it. He's in my brain. I have weird dreams sometimes. Yeah, no, I look forward to, it. you want to hear my list. You want me to give you stuff? Tell me to talk to you. you no, to- well, no,
2: no, no, no. Keep a little bit in, keep a little bit in the condom. So, you did a top three list when it comes to, uh, and like Gabby just said, his first official match was September 22nd, right. so just after, just after SummerSlam, but he did appear at SummerSlam, was that in-your-house pay-per-view that we first saw uh, Mark Henry in a match against Jerry the King Lawler. So... Tommy, before you give your top three moments, I have my top five. You have your top three. But before you give your top three, is there any like honorable mentions? Is there any any moments or matches that, unfortunately, you couldn't put in your top three? Uh,
3: well, I actually had a top four, but because I couldn't think of a fifth, uh, <laughs> I would say. But well, you know me; I always like to do one, two, three. Uh, my number, my honorable mention is the Ultimate Warrior defeating the Honky Tonk Man for the first Intercontinental title in that astonishing seconds, uh, ending the longest reign at the time, the Honky Tonk Man's title. And then it saw really the stardom of the Ultimate Warrior take off, which then led to you know him winning the title. But I remember being, and I was in the business, but I remember being shocked that it happened and the shocked that he beat the honky-tonk man with such ease and so quick. And I was just like, huh? And when you could get a young, marky Tommy Dreamer to go, huh, when he's actually wrestling, that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and for me, I'm going to give an honorable mention. It would be my number six on my list. And I said I was in attendance at the SummerSlam at the Brendan Arena in 1989, the second SummerSlam. The first match of the pay-per-view, and that was the Brain Busters against the Heart Foundation. Uh, amazing tag match. Great match. Go back and watch it again and being able to be in attendance for that. That was a very special moment for me as a fan. So my honorable mention would be the Brain Busters and the Hart Foundation at the second ever SummerSlam. Was
3: the title uh changed hands or was it just a match? No.
2: It was just a it was just a it was just a match. Neither one were uh tag champions at that point.
3: The uh looking at Twitter, a lot of fans are talking like how we are talking where people are giving us like their top five, top three, and it's all older, older matches, you know, a lot of Bret Hart's a lot of uh a lot of Owen Hart's, a lot of older stuff. I'm talking 1995 and under. So uh, pretty interesting.
2: Yeah. I mean, when, when you look at like greatest moments and and moments that are memorable, I would, I would have to thank Tommy for a lot of people, like a lot of wrestling fans. And we'll find out when we're talking to the, to the nation in just a second, because we want to hear from the busted open nation, your favorite moments and your favorite matches from SummerSlam, 877-344-4893, 593 And Tommy, there's no wrong answers here because when it comes to pro wrestling, a lot of it is nostalgia, which is like a lot of the moments for me is, you know, when I was younger. I know probably for a lot of the nation that are going to call in today, it's probably when they were kids. You You remember those moments more when you were younger and first becoming a fan than something that just may have happened a year or two ago.
3: Oh, hell yeah. And like we also said, our brains are now programmed to WWE tells us to kind of forget things when we really shouldn't. And that's why we're all crazy wrestling fans, but it's a SummerSlam, SummerSlam, biggest part of the year, SummerSlam. And then wait, Monday night raw. And then, Oh wait, here comes NXT. Oh wait, here comes SmackDown. And they do. I mean, I just watched when I got home, uh, SummerSlam from last year with Trish and Charlotte. And I was like, I totally forgot this match even happened in Toronto it was an amazing match but I had forgotten totally about and that was just last year this is Chick Quarry of the Oil IndyCar Radio Network for Sirius XM Sports. Pole sitter Marco Andretti will lead the field of 33 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on August 23rd for the 104th running of the Indianapolis 500. The field includes eight former winners, five rookies, and two-time Formula One world champion Fernando Alonso. The race begins at 2.30 Eastern
0: on August 23rd, with coverage beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern on XM Channel 205, Sirius Channel 211, and the Sirius XM app. Tommy
2: starting at 5 give us your top 5 SummerSlam moments or
3: matches. All right, number 5 when Jesse the Body Ventura returned. Ooh, to be the special referee and he was paid 1 million dollars. Uh, thought it was big for the simple fact of again mainstream press a former governor, he had so much heat in the WWE and for him to come back was a super-duper big deal. And again, had that big SummerSlam feels in my feet, to my head, to my toes. The next, which we already discussed, the Warrior versus the Honky Tonk Man, which started the Warrior legacy, but also that when that music hit, and you know, I knew Warrior was on a tear, I knew the Honky Tonk Man was the longest-reigning intercontinental champion of all time, but I never thought he was going to go down that quickly. Now, here's the big one, because we always remember our first, David, the first ever TLC. 20 years ago, my God, I'm getting old. The Hardys, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, man, those guys tore it up. It was uh, great. Loved it. Now, here's something that I never thought would come out of my mouth back then or even now, because I was just, I'm like you, Dave, I'm a wrestling purist. I loved wrestling and I hated a lot of the hokey stuff, but this was not hokey. This had me and everyone everyone hooked the wedding of the macho man and Elizabeth. Will you? Will you? I do. Yeah, the wedding. And then finally, because that was soap opera stuff, and I didn't like soap opera stuff, especially back then. But, you know, that was amazing. And I remember watching the entire thing. And when nothing happened, I was still happy. And then Jake ruined it on the after party, which was awesome. And then finally, my number one, because when I think of SummerSlam, I think of just the wrestling business exploding. And I got to go with Brett versus Davey Boy Smith at Wembley. All those fans, the emotion, the stories that were told. And still to this day, when wrestlers are talking over spots or stuff, we'll always reference Brett Davy if you're going for a finish or a false finish, and everybody knows sunset flip and then stack the guy. So it's been so many years, but still so, so influential. And if you go back and watch that match, it still holds true to this day of how great those two guys work together.
2: Awesome list, Tommy, and you mentioned the wedding, and and I'm with you. You know, we're kind of like wrestling purists and um, didn't like the hokey stuff, but as you can tell today, I got my Macho Man Old School Randy Savage T-shirt on uh, that I purchased in 1987 at the Brendan Burnett Meadowlands Arena.
3: Wow, that's the original one.
2: Yep, I tell you, man, that, because I I couldn't fit into it then because they only had extra large. Unfortunately, now in 2020, I can fit into the extra large, Tommy. Uh, But seriously, like that wedding, because Elizabeth meant everything to us. I had the Elizabeth poster on my wall because you looked at her as she was the ultimate lady, Elizabeth. You had the ultimate respect for Elizabeth. You didn't look at her the way you looked at certain people. You looked at her with reverence and Man, that wedding with Randy Savage and Elizabeth was something very, very special. And even like you said, it was soap opera-esque when, you know, Randy Savage dropped to the knee to propose, and she said, oh, yeah, Elizabeth, I love you. Like, that was amazing. Like, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about that and to see that wedding at SummerSlam was something special. So... There's a couple of uh, moments that you know we've heard about already and that you have said as well, so let me give you my top five. This is one that hasn't been mentioned yet, and it should, and that is uh, at number five, I have AJ Styles and John Cena from 2016. Uh, one of the rare uh, John Cena moments that weren't, You know, it wasn't a main event. That year, it was Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. Everybody remembers the elbow uh, to Randy Orton's head. And then you heard about the confrontation with Chris Jericho and Brock Lesnar in the back. You know, when he took that elbow and busted Randy Orton open. But earlier on in that night was AJ Styles and John Cena. And in 2016, I don't know if people remember, that was my match of the year was AJ and John Cena from SummerSlam 2016. At number four, I was at this SummerSlam. It was out in L.A. at the Staples Center. And that's CM Punk and Jeff Hardy when CM Punk won that world championship from Jeff Hardy. Amazing match at SummerSlam. That was the main event that year. At number three, It was mentioned earlier by a caller in 1991, Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Go back and watch that match. You know, again, Bully mentioned it. You mentioned it. I mentioned it. You know, kind of the MVP when it comes to SummerSlam is Bret Hart. Go back and watch Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. At number two, I have that TLC match. Again, 20 years since that TLC match, uh, SummerSlam 2000, the Dudleys, the Hardys, Edge and Christian. Amazing, and we're going to have to definitely talk about that tomorrow uh with bully ray and just like you Tommy at number one Bret Hart and Davy Boy the main event for the Intercontinental title at Wembley I mean the crowd react Lennox Lewis coming out with Davy Boy uh you know Bret Hart about to leave the ring when that match was over and everybody booing Bret Hart. Then he goes back into the ring and then a second time is about to leave the ring and everybody boos. But then you get the handshake. You get the embrace. uh, A special moment, a special match in the history of SummerSlam. And that's my number one.
3: Dude, I totally forgot about Lennox Lewis uh, being there. And that was awesome. And I was also on a flight with him when he came home from that show. Wow. Really? Yep. He said he was doing something with the, the WWE and I was like, oh, really? I mean, it just happened that I was just totally like acting like I was cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tommy, you are, man. You are cool too, Tommy. You, you, you did both. You're hardcore. Are you ready to get back to the busted open nation? Hell yeah. Right. right. Let's go out to Sam in New Jersey. Sam, give us your favorite SummerSlam match, Sam. Morning, guys. So, let me set the stage
4: real quick. Monday night, 1991. I remember it like it was yesterday, and I don't know if you guys are like this too, but some of my most vivid memories come from these big four pay-per-views back in the day. But anyway, my older brother was a big-time perfect mark. He loved him. You know, he claimed that he was the greatest. And this was before the internet, so you know, it was it was basically basically what you saw on TV and everything, but and I was a big time Bret Hart guy, and he kept saying how you know it was Anvil that carried the Hart Foundation, and it um, he had no chance against Perfect. But anyway, that match was one of the greatest matches in Summerslam history to me. Also, the finish with Bret Hart doing the leg drop, or rather, sorry, Perfect doing the leg drop and Hart turning it over into the Sharpshooter and having him submit. I mean, that was that was one of the best moments in SummerSlam history to me.
2: Yeah, and I love the old school, like, not the tap out, but the old school, like, submission, the old school, I quit. Um, Sam, I'm with you. I had it number three, but, you know, if you're going to put it your top match, I can't argue with you. And, And again, you know, looking back at Bret Hart's career, some of Bret Hart's greatest matches and moments, Sam, come from SummerSlam. I agree completely, and
4: uh, one other moment, real quick. Tommy had it in his top five, but when Jesse the Body came back, I remember at the time it was like a big-time controversy over over how he would officiate that main event because he obviously hated Triple H, and he didn't take shit from Steve Austin. So it was like, how is this match going to go? Who's going to win? And then when Mankind won in the end, it was like, what is going on? But anyway, thank you for taking my phone call, guys.
2: You got it, Sam. And I love Sam's phone call for the reason that he gave at the top of the call. And I completely agree with Sam, Tommy. And is that a lot of my life moments, the timeline revolves around pro wrestling. Like, I, you know, I'm thinking about certain moments in my life. And how do I say, like, identify, like, the month and the year? It usually is by pro wrestling. And I think Sam said the same thing with his phone call.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, Dave, it's funny. I I know you and I have discussed this. Like, I can go and still today list the heavyweight champion for the WWF and the Intercontinental Champion. Wins, losses, I could also probably give you where? Probably up until the 1990s, like early 90s. And then it kind of tapers off because the titles, you know, flip-flop so much. But that's how special it was. And then just like when you think of the year, I will then say, oh, I was this year's old or I was wrestling. Like, it is just these amazing things where it opens up your brain, which I kind of need because my brain is swelling. So it's good.
2: <laughs> I uh, When I think of that 89 SummerSlam, why it's so vivid is like, you know, all the times my dad – would drive me to the Brendan Byrne Arena for wrestling, and that was something that, like, I Tommy, the the feel of the tickets in my hand, like my, you know, this is old school. So you know, you know, there was no internet. So my dad and I would, and this was just as almost a bigger a thrill as actually going to the event my dad and I would drive to the Brendan Burn Arena to the box office and going through those blue doors of the box office at the Brendan Burn Arena. And, and going down per- those steps. Oh my gosh. And, and buying those tickets. And it's just like, you know, they used to put it in a white envelope and in the corner would be a drawing of the Brendan Burn Arena. And I would like, I know you're laughing because you remember, like I just remember like on the car rides home, like looking at those tickets and then putting it in my special draw in my bedroom to make sure I never would lose them until the event would take place. The the one in eighty nine, I had, you know I had just got my driver's license a month earlier. My birthday's in July, so I had just gotten my driver's license. So to be able to like drive, you know, to SummerSlam that year, you know, like a month later after getting my license, like that was like the biggest thrill for me. And and it's it's like the whole day, the whole, you know, the every like when we bought the tickets I couldn't drive. So my dad driving to the arena to get the tickets and then being able to drive to the arena the night uh, uh, of SummerSlam, I just it's 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 just an amazing vivid memory. Just it's just uh, you know etched in my brain.
3: And then if you think about years later what 2 2 years ago you sitting in uh, a suite with your family at WrestleMania, basically in the same parking lot as where you saw that with your dad. It's full circle stuff like that. It's awesome.
2: Really? Yeah, I mean, I think I've said this story to you and I might have said it to the nation. Like one of my favorite, like I get asked a lot, like, you know, what's your favorite memory of hosting Busted Open? And, and number one is going to be the 10 year anniversary party. Like, you know, with you and Bully and Mark and the nation, you know, 700 nation fans being in that bar. But like one other one is um, WrestleMania 20, you know, WrestleMania 29. Uh, that was at MetLife Stadium. Um, They had like Radio Row that year in the Brendan Byrne Arena or at the IZOD Center, as it was called then before it closed down. And one of the people I got to interview was Sergeant Slaughter. So I'm on the floor, Tommy, at the Brendan Byrne Arena, and I'm interviewing Sergeant Slaughter. And I I said to him, I said, you know, Sarge, I remember – my dad taking me to see you go up against Ric Flair for the NWA championship. And I pointed to section 210, because I remember sitting in section 210 with my dad. And I got teary-eyed, and Sergeant and me and Sergeant Slaughter are crying on the floor of the Meadowlands Arena talking about a match that was probably just another match to Sgt. Slaughter, but to me that match meant everything. And I think that's the beauty of this show. I think that's the beauty of pro wrestling, Tommy. And, you know, and you would understand this, you know, because you're a big sports fan. The common fan, probably 90% of fans never get to, to go to um a world series. You know, uh most fans are never able to afford and be able to go to a Super Bowl. But most wrestling fans, you know, are able to experience, you know, a live event, a SummerSlam, a WrestleMania. They're not priced out like a lot of other sports are, and I think that's what what the beauty of pro wrestling is, Tommy, is there's is probably I know for myself more memories with my dad for pro wrestling than there ever will be for the NFL or major league baseball.
3: Absolutely. And, you know, we've, we always like, you know, talk to the nation and people telling us like, Oh, you know, I was grown, I was raised by a a single parent and my mom worked a bunch of jobs and she got me tickets for this show. Or like you said, me and my dad, for me, it was me and my dad. I, my mom only saw me wrestle a handful of times, uh, but she never took me to see a show it was always my father and like that simple thing of like you describing your moment i could go back and like i remember the the color of the handrails as you walk down those steps going into the brendan Byrne arena and they were those really thick handles that were like a circle that if you wanted to you could slide your entire butt down the thing but having to walk down to get in. I always thought it was so weird. And those ticket boots were so small, but it was just, it was just a different time. And another thing that, I mean, I've said today, I miss the actual physical ticket. And I feel that's there's generations of people who are going to grow up without the joy of a physical ticket in their hand, or even as a, a keepsake for events. And I really do feel that should be an option where you should have not just a printed out, just that actual physical ticket that you could frame it, I think it's really, really cool to have. When the biggest
0: stories in college sports break, we have you covered. Big Ten is announcing that the fall is canceled.
2: These kids had to have a slice of normalcy, and they no longer have that opportunity. If
3: I was a student athlete in the Big Ten, I'd be pissed.
2: Rest in peace, Big Ten football in 2020. Pac-12 has canceled the fall football season. This is painful.
0: It's a gut punch. I'm just completely devastated what a day for college sports man crazy
3: sbnu radio sirius xm 84
0: somebody who's got
2: a lot to talk about i know it's been SummerSlam, but he's got a lot to talk about with the busted open nation he's been in the news lately he's been on tv lately we saw him on aew just a couple of months ago and that is the universal heartthrob himself austin i austin how are you this morning
5: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really, really appreciate it.
2: No, we're excited to have you. And, you know, we spoke uh, just a couple of days ago because I know you've been on the news. You've been in the newspapers because you now have Austin Idols Universal Wrestling College. Talk about it.
5: Yeah, it's really, uh, it's really, it's kind of a dream come true for me, uh, Dave. Um, you know I thought about this I mean long, long time ago, if I would ever do it, and if I did do it, how I would put it together basically, and then I decided to to go for it and uh and the crazy thing about it i had basically I was ready to flip the switch, and then bang, here comes covid- you know and that stopped pretty much everybody in their tracks and uh and then it uh in spite of it, in spite of it, I had people signing up and uh And they did. And so now I'm in my 12th week of training. I've got great kids. I mean, they're just unbelievable kids filled with so much uh, passion and desire. And they're so hungry. And it's just a beautiful thing. You know, they're in their, they're in their twenties. We have one guy, uh, a couple of guys that are like early thirties, Tommy Dreamer's age. And, um, it's a, yeah you better laugh, boy <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing you know and they they graduate they actually we had a graduation graduation ceremony and then they stayed over for the masters program and and you guys know wrestling oh man there's so much information there's so much you can teach and things that what's cool things will, will come back to me that I totally forgotten And I don't plan anything out. I really don't. And each day is something's different. And we do all kinds of uh, uh, technical things in the ring. And then their mic skills are really, gosh, their mic skills are getting so good. And then I've given them each a character so they can start, you know, getting in that creative mode, that that, that imagining mode and get them thinking, you know, and they've really, they've, they've come a long way. I'm really proud of these kids.
3: And uh, Austin, from the clip that uh, I had seen with the news, and I love the fact that they're doing a weekly profile on all your students. uh, This isn't just, you know, the old uh, put up a a ring in the middle of a sweaty building, man. This is more of your own little performance center that you got going on where you're teaching the men and women what they're going to be basically learning if they do ever get signed, correct? Correct.
5: Absolutely. Yeah, it's what's really cool about Tommy is that we we have 12,000 square feet. So it's a big building. So you have my uh my ring on on one side of it then on the other side but we're like 20 25 feet apart is Michael Cole. And Michael he's a great guy, graduate from Furman and uh he's a, a fitness uh, you know exercise and nutrition expert. I mean, he really is a guru. He knows his stuff. So it's like, you know, guys can train here, then they go next door and train over there with machines and weights and whatever with Michael and vice versa. So it really makes for a performance center. I mean, it's just, you know, and here we are in Greenville, South Carolina. It's the, uh, you know, it's kind of the heart of the old uh, mid Atlantic territory.
2: Mm-hmm. You, know, you
5: know, Austin.
2: You know, you know Austin, you started. You know, gosh, I mean, because you still look phenomenal. It's amazing. Like how good oh, yeah, you look yeah, at yeah. your age. No, I'm being serious. So, but you started about 47 years ago. Talk about some of the things that are different now as you're training people and some of the things that are still the same here in 2020 when it comes to wrestling.
5: Well, in terms of the training, uh, and, and thank you for the uh, that compliment, Tommy, go ahead and pay him in cash, and I'll send you a check if you don't mind. <laughs> but, and make it, make it big, Tommy. go go, go big, go large. <laughs> but anyway, so when I started in the business, you know, and a lot of people know about it, I started in Tampa, Florida. I was the first local kid to break in in Tampa, Florida, and it was a different area, a different ball game, rather, a different era. Is what I meant to say, and uh, Eddie Graham was a promoter, and he had all these real deal guys around him that were, you know, really great amateurs. I mean, he had Jack Briscoe, twice A heavyweight champion in college, uh, Hero Matsuda, Bob Roop, uh, you know, Greco-Roman guy, and gosh, uh, I mean, just, they... It, so they made me suffer. I mean, so my guys don't have to go through that. I mean, I literally suffered for about a year, and uh, that basically that's all I was taught to, you know, how much can you take before you give up? And I never quit. And uh, that was a, that was a great lesson. It was a hard lesson, but I learned a lesson to, to never give up, never quit. So these guys, they've never had to do that. I, I don't make them do it. it you know, they have to be accountable like we all do. So if they want to do car, they're get, although they're getting cardio when, when they're, when they're training, they're getting that. But uh, it, extra cardio, do it on your own. Weights, machines, do it on your own. Uh, yeah. So it's a different ball game. But some of the things just still hold water. I mean, they really do. They hold water. I mean, the, the technical things, they, they still work. You know what I mean? The last, uh, I mean, we should, I, you know, it's funny, but the, the very first day that I, I met up with these kids, they didn't know me. I didn't know them. So we're all strangers. And I gave them a. Uh, You know, I gave him a little talking to and orientation and just told him this is all about uh, respect and love. We're family now. I mean, you've paid your money. You've committed, but we're family now. So here's the things that that there's no tolerance for language. There's no language. There's no vulgarity, no profanity and no negativity. And they know that it's all positive. Every single workout, all positive, all love. And, the, the, and they get it, and they got it, and they practice that. And uh, the, the confidence level, their self-esteem has uh, exploded. I mean, when they first stepped into the ring, and I said this on Fox News the, uh, last week, that they were like a deer in the headlights. But And I started out with them. So, guys, here's how we're going to start. We're going to start, we're not even going to tie up. We're going to start in the center of the ring, well, we're imagine if there's 25,000 people out there watching you you and i are in a competition sporting event sporting event a competition i don't know you you don't know me all i know is that i want to beat you and what you know is you want to beat me in the eyes in the posturing you know that you know it's, you're going after each other and now we're doing Power slams and vertical suplexes and side suplexes and Russian leg sweeps and you name it. Uh, I mean, just it's amazing. I mean, these guys now really they can they can do a flawless ten minute just rock'em sock'em match right now. So they're not ready yet, but they're getting close. They're getting close.
3: I get asked on social media all the time about hey, I want to be a wrestler, and my number one thing I always tell people is find a credible wrestling school also of someone who's done it and you have done it. And you've also done different parts. Or when you first start up, you were a big, almost power lifter guy. You lost a bunch of weight and then you became the universal heartthrob, Austin Idol. And I always say old school will never die. And what you said in the middle of the ring and those fundamentals. And for a guy, if you go back and you watch any of your matches, you were, you knew how to get heat. You were a great baby face. You, every one of your bumps meant something. You were in the middle of the ring. You established your finish. These are all things that I know you're teaching the next generation because, I mean, I talk to you and you still love this industry and that passion will go through. And like you said, these are now your kids in the sense of they're representation of you and I know you want to see them succeed. So I think that's awesome what you're doing.
5: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. And and you really nailed it. And the thing of it is we're not, we're not teaching them to uh, be trapeze artists. I mean, we're not, we're not teaching them the high flying all over the place, not doing that. Uh, We're really safety conscious, but they, are I mean, they're definitely getting moves. Uh, They're doing moves that, that they have to know. I mean, they obviously have to know here's, this is critical, so there's no one's getting hurt, but we're not taking any high risks. We're not going to do that. So let, that can happen to somebody else somewhere else. It may be them if they get that, you know, opportunity somewhere that that's required to do that. But I, I still go back and I'm a firm believer of this, that wrestling. Yeah, it's evolved. Uh, no matter what your anybody's opinion, it has evolved. But there are some things, a lot of things, actually, that still hold water, and it's up to the individual to have that effect and impact on a, uh, a television audience, live audience. It's up to that individual. And either you know how to do it or you don't. So I'm, I'm teaching them how to uh, have an effect on people, and they're getting it.
2: Austin, you mentioned about uh, not just in ring, but also on the microphone. Talk about teaching uh, these young athletes how to be good on the mic, you know, selling people to want to watch your match, and, you know, how important those mic skills are because you were definitely somebody that knew how to get people into an arena.
5: Yeah, you know, Jim Cornette said Idol could talk them into the building, you know, <laughs> and then maybe it all went downhill. I don't know. But, but yeah, I, I've explained to them that they can be phenomenal in the ring, but if they're not incredible on the mic in front of that camera, it doesn't matter. You've gotta be good you've gotta be dynamic and you have to be smart you have to think for yourself and think spontaneously and don't wait for someone to say hey you're wrestling Tommy Dreamer tonight at the house house of hardcore you know you don't have to have that person that that um that place that venue to to have to have a great promo you just have to be able to know yourself and always and I tell them this Guys, be thinking all the time. Get think of taglines. Think of think of anything that can uh, in, in, increase your your character. Like I mean, the guys that I have now, I mean, they had. I mean, they were just themselves. And one kid, his name is Matt Fry. He's the pretty boy now. Pretty boy, Taylor Swift's toy. Pretty boy, Taylor's toy. So I gave him that, and I said, think about that. Think about you're the pretty boy. Think about how you can cut that promo. You know, I have a, I have a guy, that's the gifted one, and he, he works for Bosch. He's really, they're all great guys. They really are. His name is Joshua Croft. I said, you're the gifted one. You have the highest IQ ever known to man. Now think about that and put it, put it to use. Put it to work. Why are you so smart? Who are you hanging with? Who you, who's, who's contacting you to consult with you? Is it Elon Musk? Who is it? You know, give them all, the, give them all these ideas. And, uh, and then one guy, Tommy, I love this. I love them all. But I call him the rat. He is from Queens. He's from Queens. And I call him the rat. And this kid, I mean, he went from scared to death. Now he makes a great promo. He can wrestle. He's going to make a great manager. Yeah, his name is Dennis Lukovic. He's going to make a great manager if he ever gets a break. He's going to make a great manager. But they're all good, and they're all understanding, and they're all—they're just good students. You know, they—they're not like I was in school. They actually listen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, uh, Austin, yeah. Dave, and I always talk about the difference with wrestling, and a lot of fans talk about it. it's hard to watch without an audience because, as you know, we work for an audience. But the people who are getting over. And the people who are resonating with fans are the ones that are actually being able to talk to a live audience. And that's how we have to adapt. The business always adapts. And if you think about it, in COVID, the world stopped, but wrestling never did. I think it's key that you're helping these men and women to learn how to talk because – you know, anything and everything always happens in the business, but if you're going to try to find a way to success, you got to be able to communicate to a television audience because it's a lot different. You could tell people to shut up or give a look when there's a crowd there, but now that there's no crowd. So it's, it's important and it's key to be able, that's how we're talking all day about SummerSlam and connections and memories. That's how people are going to connect with the upcoming talent of the future.
5: Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, it's changed. I mean, no doubt about it. It's changed, and you you you've got to be able to look in that camera, and and not just always look into the camera. You know, there was, I mean, so much of my stuff back in the day was not looking in the camera, not looking in the camera because everybody else was doing it. So you know, I thought, well, I'll be a contrarian. I mean, looking at when the time is right, but, you know, I, I was always looking all over the place. Like I didn't even know the camera was there, you know, and, but uh, yeah, it's because we, at this point, we don't have the live audiences. You've really got to, you've really got to ramp up. I mean, you've really got to be special. So, uh, and, and they know it. The absolute matter of fact, in the last couple of, uh, you know, uh, training sessions, that's what I've really got. I'm really starting to push the promos right now. With them, and I just tell them, "Okay, you're on. You know, go. It's go time. You got 25,000 people out there, or you got nobody out there. But it's go time. So give it to me." And uh, they're, they're really understanding, and they're getting after it. So it's cool, man. It's really, really cool. I love it. I absolutely love it.
2: Here with Austin Idol. Make sure you go to UniversalWrestlingCollege.com. Again, the website is Universal Wrestling College Dot com to find out all the information. It's absolutely amazing. And last thing from me, Austin, it's always a pleasure having you on. I'm so glad that you have uh, the wrestling college now because I really do think you have a lot to teach and a lot to say. So I'm glad that there's these young students that want to get into this world and that you're actually going to be their mentor. But I'm sure one thing, especially in 2020, especially in times like this, how important it is to have your own brands. You had it, you know, before Hulkamania. There was idol mania. How how important is it having your own brand?
5: Man, it's a big difference maker, David. It, it it really is a big difference maker. And Tommy kind of talked a little bit about that. But you know, if you're going to go to any um you go anywhere to, to get instruction to do anything, uh, be a, be a welder, uh, be a, be a plumber, whatever, a wrestler, boy, you want to make sure that that educator, that professor. It has a footprint. They've been there. They've done it. It's documented. It's certified. They know what they're doing. And you're going to feel comfortable like, okay, I feel comfortable that I'm going to get what I want here at Austin Isles Universal Wrestling College. And it's just, you know, I mean, there's so many. I would not want to go to a, a, let's say, to have wrestling instruction you know, with the guy comes out underneath the car, he's changing his oil and says, Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a wrestler. My name is uh Johnny Rocket. Well where have you been, Johnny? What do you uh, what have you done in the business? Well, nothing. I've wrestled in Yip Slap uh, <laughs> Georgia at the Vidalia uh, Onion Festival. You know what I mean? That's not your guy. <laughs> I mean I would look, Tommy Dreamer would uh, I would feel very comfortable. Very comfortable. Learning from Tommy Dreamer. I mean, the guy's got a a footprint that's uh, huge, absolutely huge. He's documented. He's certified. He's the real deal. And so I feel like hopefully I'm in that category that uh, people can say, that's where I want to go. Plus, our venue is unreal. Our venue is just unreal.
2: And again, go to Universal Wrestling com for the information. Also, follow Austin Idol on all social media at Austin Idol Live. That's at Austin Idol Live. And again, the website is Universal Wrestling com. Austin, always a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much for the time today.
5: Oh, D- David, and, uh, thank you so much. And Tommy, thank you so much. Uh, it really was. Uh a great time so i really really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me and uh, hopefully we can do it again serious xm
3: nfl radio is getting you ready for the 2020 season joined
4: by the head coach of the las vegas raiders john
3: gruden we've rebuilt this team Uh, We had a really good rookie class last year, and this year, uh, if you could just see us practice, you'd be so impressed with Ruggs, our first-round pick from Alabama. we got a long way to go, but we have added some speed. Last year, we added some size, and those are two things the
2: Raiders are known
5: for. There's a story for every team on Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88.
2: Now, we made the announcement on Friday. As of Monday morning, we had over 1,000 people register for the party. I don't know what the number is now, but we want to get 10,000 people to be a part of our party. Somebody that I think can bring those numbers up is our own friend of the show, RJ City, who joins us right now. And RJ, I know that you are going to be part of a very special segment that is taking place on
0: Sunday. First of all, I love how you said, I'm your own friend of the show. You know what I mean. Well, you, you could have just picked a lane there. I'm either your own, or I'm either the friend of the show. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're my well, friend. I didn't yeah, say okay, you're a friend sure. of anybody
2: else that's on the show.
0: That's fair what. enough. Fair enough. But I'm I'm hosting a very special segment that is apropos for I think all of us, and me especially, as per the music you just heard. I will be hosting a SummerSlam Party Time Match Game. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, Tommy, I think you would agree if we were going to have somebody host a match game segment, it's got to be RJ City.
3: It was universally uh, unanimous when having the production meeting saying, what can we do to get RJ City on? And then, boom, (laughs) here he is.
0: Well, I I told Gabby that I would have been livid if I was not asked to host this match game. If you got, you know, Craig DeGeorge or Ken Resnick or something to host it, I would have been very, very upset.
3: No, you uh, listen,
0: myself, Mark, Dave, we all, uh, we agree. You're our guy. Thank so, you. And I'm uh, not gonna let you down. I've been practicing. We have a list of questions I've been fastidiously working on. And you guys, can we announce the panel of celebrities? Well, I, I was just gonna say Gabby, uh, are we allowed
2: to announce who is going to be a part of our match game segment on Sunday? Sure. Let's announce it. <laughs> All right. So RJ, let's hear who's going to be a part of this panel that we're going to have on Sunday.
0: Well, the panel of celebrities is a, is a can't miss roster, including a, a luminary like Dave LaGreca, Thomas dreamer, bully Raymond <laughs> and a man who was very upset that I did not give him a good score in the chair dance challenge uh one Marcus Henry so i'm looking forward to being a part of that Tommy now
2: Gabby are we allowed to announce the contestants for our match game on Sunday
3: well i have i have not been told either way dave
2: but so that's no it's still a surprise
3: it's
0: still we're, a
3: surprise. We're on the fly.
0: We're on the fly. Okay. I so
3: hope. I so hope it's Fanny Farmer. A fanny Flag. Or two. Uh, <laughs> you had one reference and you blew it. <laughs> I was thinking of the farmer's daughter. I'm sorry.
0: Well, That's now okay. I know two people who have been on the most recent version of the actual match game, Mario Cantone. And David Arquette. I asked David for advice, but he still hasn't gotten back to me because he just texts sporadically, so he's a wash. But Mario has been helping me come up with the questions, come up with the flow. I'm really excited. I think this could take off.
3: Nice. Do you have a skinny microphone?
0: I do have a skinny microphone. I have it on me, but you can't see it.
3: It's uh, so skinny I can't see it. It's almost <laughs> yes. invisible.
0: Yes. Do you, do you want to do a practice question?
2: Oof.
3: Well, I, I blew my fanny flag thing, so... uh
2: Oh, come on, Tommy. You, you can do it. Come on.
0: All right. Let's go. Okay. All right. Well, this is good. Uh, I'll pick one that insults Tommy directly, as per Bully Raymond. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. We'll play along. Okay. Uh Tommy Dreamer is so fat... How fat is
2: he? Is he? Am He's I?
0: So fat, instead of a WWE Hall of Fame ring, they're giving him... A blank. Ooh. ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> what could it be? Very good. And then there'll be a moment of thinking while we play the music in a slow yep. pan of all the celebrities, you know, and I'll make some quick banter. And then we'll go, let's say, let's go to Dave LaGreca. And then I'll read the question again. I'll say Tommy Dreamer is so fat. Instead of a WWE Hall of Fame ring, they're giving him a blank. Ham. Wow. Interesting choice.
3: That would get nice. a boo.
0: Yeah. Uh and then you look at the audience and go, what? Come on. What a ham. I wouldn't mind having a glazed ham. Tommy. What is no your suggestion? No one would pick that.
3: No, no contest contest would pick that. Um, hmm. I would say they're giving him his own tire.
0: Oh, very nice, because his fingers are large. Very good. See, I would have chosen, I was going to say, WWE Hall of Fame girdle. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I call that Under Armour. Thank you very much. But
0: yes. <laughs> right. Spanks for men who like to jog. Um, but it's good, see? And herein lies the fun with the game, and we'll all laugh and have a hoot and all that kind of thing. As much as Will- we're doing right now. Will you be wearing a suit that has elbow pads? Uh, I don't know if I'm intellectual enough, but I will be uh, wearing a suit that I have no reason wearing anywhere else but to host this segment.
1: I love
3: it. I I love it. Since we're going to be on Zoom while you're asking the questions, the contestants who we don't know who they are, but I hear that's pretty big. I'm going to start smoking cigarettes for the first time in my life. So as when the Zoom pans to me, you could see like the smoke bellowing up like Richard
0: Dawson used to Yes. Be. Well, okay. Speaking of Richard Dawson, I could get you some, uh, some little behind the scenes heat here.
2: All right. Ooh, okay. A little
0: history lesson when it comes to match game. I love it. RJ city. Thank you. So, Richard Dawson was excellent at match game and he was quite the Casanova. So the contestants in the final round where they could pick one celebrity to match with, they would always, always, always pick him because unlike a fanny flag, he would give very reliable answers. The producers thought this isn't good to have them always pick Richard all the time. Even though they like him, they want a little, you know, diversity, mix it up. Maybe a Nipsey Russell, maybe a Brett Summers, whatever. So they forewent the pick-your-own-celebrity, and then they introduced the randomized wheel of celebrities, which you'll remember in perhaps Match Game 77 or something. That way, they couldn't always pick Richard, and they could pick different celebrities. Richard got insulted, basically said, it's not my fault that I'm good at this, and then he left to host Family Feud.
2: Wow!
0: I did not know that. Yeah. So, there you go. Shooting from the hip here. <laughs> a lot of match game heat.
3: And then, you know, I don't think any wrestler ever appeared on match game.
0: I don't think so. Although, Charles Nelson Riley was in the movie Body Slam.
2: Yeah. All right, right? Well, then
0: that kind of works. That works. And Betty White I mean, I... was a guest on Monday Night Raw. There you go. I'm not a fan of her because B. Arthur didn't like her, David. B. Arthur had heat with Betty.
2: Now, can you... Give the reason why. Why did B. Arthur have problems with Betty White?
0: She thought she was a little, that whole nice act was a little bit of a scam. And also, B. thought B is from the theater. So the sitcom television of that time was a little beneath her. And she didn't have time for the niceties that Betty White provided. Interesting. She did not have time for pleasantries, Tommy. No. B. Arthur.
3: And now I could, I think, for the next year's Summer Sun Party, we're going to do the seven degrees of separation to Tommy Dreamer. Because now I just related myself to Charles Nelson Riley, so that's good. And under in, in four, just moves, so that's good. That's next year's
0: game. You know what's good though about you, Tommy, is that you worked with Ed Asner, who is like the waypoint for almost any degree of separation.
3: Yeah, no, so I'm good.
0: So. That's fantastic. Well, I'm I'm excited for this. And, and what are you wearing, Thomas, to this? I mean, not now. I mean, what, what will you be wearing?
3: Well, I did say if we hit 10,000, I will uh, do it in the raw. Yeah. To uh, attract my uh, bear demographic. And uh, if we get the 10,001, I'm giving away Gabby. She's going to get married like Savage and Elizabeth on the air. So that's kind of what we're looking for.
0: Fantastic. Well, you know, when Tommy did Coffee and Underwear with me he gained some lifelong fans who had never seen his uh, physique before. And they were, (laughs) to coin a phrase, entranced by the man. Thank you very much. I'm very sexy.
2: So I'm looking forward to this on Sunday. RJ City, who better to host this amazing segment from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday for our virtual busted open SummerSlam party. RJ City, since we can't have it at a venue, we're going to do it in everyone's home. Anyone who registers right now at SiriusXM.com slash SummerSlam, we will go to their home and we'll party in their house. So, Tommy, I can't wait for this. And RJ City is probably the most underrated talent in the world. Not in the world of wrestling, in the world right now, Tommy. I think you would agree with that.
3: Absolutely. Big RJ City fan. And if you think about it, RJ, this will be the largest. We get 10,000 people. That'll be the largest uh,
0: audience that has ever seen you perform in your very RJ City way. Not true. I once opened for Donna Summer in Atlantic City. But other than that... (laughs) <laughs> this would definitely be the biggest one. I'm excited. I'm bringing something to the party. I know it's virtual, but I'll be bringing a cob salad and I'll be eating it during the show just to get nice. that summertime barbecue kind of feel. You no? Know?
2: <laughs> Listen, you don't have to do it in your
0: living room. You could do it out on the patio, out on a lanai. Yes. You yes, can do, do it, nice it out there. Fairs. Yes. Yes. By the way, may I add, make a contribution for my favorite SummerSlam moment? Is that okay? Sure. Of course. 1992, London, England. It's not a match. It's Roddy Piper playing the bagpipes, playing Scotland the Brave in this wonderful pink and white shirt he wore. And it led to nothing. It was just a musical performance. (laughs) And I think they should bring that back. I want to see you know Randy Orton tackle the oboe, you know that kind of thing. I think that's that's what's missing today. I say more musical performances.
3: I like it. I uh, I hated the Salt and Pepper musical performance at WrestleMania one year. Did not like it.
0: Yeah, you were not a What a Man fan. I was
3: just very <laughs> disappointed.
0: Yeah, I understand. I well, my favorite, one of my favorite national anthems was "O oh, Canada" at WrestleMania six by Robert Goulet. Goulet. Yeah, <laughs> Goulet, <laughs> who was hated by both Elvis and Frank Sinatra to talk about Goulet heat. That's tr- that's wow. Monumental yeah. heat. Yeah, obviously, I would heat. say Rene Goulet was liked far better than Robert Goulet. We're going ha- to get into heat the battle. They just they probably a lady. Uh, but legend has it is that Elvis was watching his TV and Robert Goulet appeared and Elvis pulled out a pistol and shot his own television.
3: Whoa.
0: Yeah. Nice. So that's, Goulet is the X-Pac of, you know, he gets Goulet heat.
2: (laughs) Goulet heat. For performers, you don't want to get Goulet heat because that's go away heat. RJ City, I can't wait for you to be a part of this on Sunday. I thank you because I know, you know, time is something that you don't have a lot of. You're a very, very busy man. And the fact that you want to party with the Busted Open Nation on Sunday means a lot to us. So thank you for that.
0: Thank you, I've worked it into my schedule. I'm working on a reboot of CPO Sharky just across the hall in Studio B. So it's a lot to balance, but I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I'm so honored that you would have me. And now these mystery contestants get to match the stars. And they're big.
2: And I'm so glad you chose that instead of Hello, a remake of Hello, Larry. So, RJ City, I give you a lot of credit for that. So, thank you very much. And I can't wait to talk to you on Sunday again, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. He is going to be the host of our very special match game, Busted Open style, during the party. We have some big-name contestants that are going to be a part of that segment, guests all around. We're going to start making the announcements on tomorrow's show, But we had to have the best first, and that's RJ City. RJ, thanks so much again.
0: Can't wait to talk to you on Sunday. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to filling both your blanks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) RJ City. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast.